Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host today, Philippe Durand, partner at the Paris law firm Auguste de Bouzy. In this special series of podcasts, we will be looking at employment and labor issues affecting businesses and organizations specifically in our European jurisdictions. In addition to discussing the important stories and events happening in these countries, we are fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers who practice in these jurisdictions and who are working daily to help their local clients. Joining us today on the program is Emilia May. Emilia is an associate at Miller Canfield in Poland. Today, Emilia will be discussing employment of employees residing in Poland by foreign employers. Emilia, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm actually sitting in my office in Paris. I was wondering, are you calling from your office in Warsaw or are you home or some, somewhere else in the world? I'm at home. I'm still working at my home office, which is like a perfect solution for me. So as long as I can, I will try to work from home. Very good. Very good. I think today, Emilia, the angle we want to have for this discussion is really from a foreign investor's angle, i.e. someone who would be willing to set up business in Poland or who would have a business already in Poland. So one question that very frequently arises in this connection is the following. Does a foreign employer need to establish or work through a local entity to hire any employee that will be working from Poland? No. In Poland, foreign employers are allowed to hire employees directly, so there is no need to use any kind of intermediaries. Good. Now, when I act for French clients or foreign clients who want to do business in France, another query that is often raised is, As far as Poland is concerned, does a foreign employer who is willing to employ someone who resides in Poland need to register with any kind of Polish authorities as an employer? Well, in Poland, it is not required to register as an employer as such. We do not have the separate register of employers. However, it might be necessary to register with the social insurance institution as a contribution payer. Registration with the social insurance institution must be preceded by obtaining a tax identification number from the tax office because the tax identification number is also used as an entity identifier for social security purposes. So basically the first step for the foreign employer is to apply for the tax office for the tax identification number. Then the second step is to register the foreign employer as a contribution payer with the social insurance institution. And the last step is to register the employee for the social insurance. And these two last steps, they can be done together at the same time. And all of this can be done by a proxy and it's free of any administrative charges. So it's quite an easy process. And I think it's also worth mentioning that the employer who is based in other European Union country has the possibility to conclude an agreement with the employee under which the employee takes over the payment of the contributions. But this option is open only for the employers with the seat in the EU. And in case the employer and employee conclude such an agreement, the employer does not have to register as a contribution payer at all. So there is no need to go through any registration procedure at all. 
However, it is necessary to submit the copy of this agreement to the social insurance institution. And in such a case, it is the employee who would register as a contribution payer. However, typical market practice is that related accounting costs are incurred by the employer. Okay. These various registration formalities you are referring to do make sense, for at least from a French perspective, particularly when you were talking about registration for social security purposes. That makes sense. But you also use the word that, of course, is very important to certain ears, that is tax. You did say, you did talk about tax registration. So that leads me to this thought, Emilia. Does the fact of employing employees in Poland create automatically any sort of tax obligation in your country for an employer's perspective? Well, the fact of employees in Poland and the fact that the foreign employer has to receive a Polish tax identification number in order to register with the social insurance institution does not, as a rule, create any tax obligations in Poland. The mere fact of employing employee in Poland usually is not regarded as creating tax office or a permanent establishment in Poland, unless, of course, the employer conducts a business activity in Poland through this employee. So, for example, if the employee is, let's say, a software developer working remotely for a foreign employer from Poland, there is rather no risk that he should be considered as employer's permanent establishment in Poland. But if, on the other hand, we have an employee who is authorized to conclude contracts with the clients in Poland in the name of the foreign employer, then there is a risk that this employee could be deemed a permanent establishment in Poland in accordance with Polish tax regulations and possibly the provisions of the double taxation convention between Poland and the country from which the employer comes. So just to be on the safe side, in each case, I recommend carrying out an analysis of the relevant convention for avoidance of double taxation and also the duties of the future employee in order to exclude the risk of the employer being deemed to have a tax office or permanent establishment in Poland. And from the perspective of the employee, I think it's important to say that if the foreign employer does not conduct business activity in Poland, does not have any kind of permanent establishment in Poland, then the employee will be obliged to pay the monthly income tax advances payments during the tax year on his own. So he will be responsible for the payment of his taxes in Poland. Okay, well, permanent establishment concept is certainly very familiar to people investing in Europe because that's something you would see in many other EU jurisdictions. And from a tax point of view, as you pointed out, you have to be pretty careful and do a case-by-case analysis, as you suggested, and also check any relevant tax convention between Poland and the other country involved. Now, when I go through my checklist, Emilia, we talked about having a local entity in Poland or not. We talked about registration. We talked about tax. Well, there's another item which comes pretty often for a foreign investor in any country, particularly in Poland, because this is Poland we're talking about today, which is the applicable law you would pick up for the employment relationship. So which law in practice would you usually recommend to follow between someone based in Poland, an employee based in Poland, and a foreign employer? Well, of course, the parties can choose the law that they want to be applicable for their employment contract. And the choice of law is the primary factor in the determination of the applicable law for the employment relationship. However, I would recommend to choose Polish law, and I will explain why. 
As you, Philip, probably know, uh, under EU one regulation, which is also directly applicable in Poland, the choice of law governing an employment contract is also subject to some restrictions. And in particular, such a choice may not deprive the employee of the protection afforded to him by the mandatory provisions, so um, the provisions that cannot be derogated by the agreement, under the law that would be applicable in the absence of choice. And in the absence of choice, in the first place, the contract uh, would be employment contract, would be governed by the law of the country in which or from which the employee habitually carries out his work. So in uh, our scenario that we are discussing today, in the absence of choice of law, Polish law would be applicable to the employment contract. But if the employee works in or from Poland and the employer has registered office, let's say, in France, and the parties to this contract will indicate the French law as applicable, then French law in principle would be applicable to this employment contract, but it would be corrected by imperative provision of Polish law providing for better protection for the employee. So in other words, the Polish protective provisions creating kind of minimum standard will apply to the extent that they are more favorable to the employee than those of the French law. And protective provisions are, for example, the provisions against unfair dismissal, provisions on the protection of disabled people or working mothers. There are provisions regulating the employee's right to paid vacation and so on. So the issue of which provisions are more favorable should be determined concretely in each case by comparing groups of norms or a given issue. And sometimes it is hard to determine the applicable law because it's not always obvious which law is more favorable as we are not supposed to compare individual provisions, but the group of provisions regulating given matter. And also there is a risk that if we are applying more favorable protective provisions from two legal systems, the employment relationship may be kind of imbalanced. So therefore, in order to avoid the imbalance and the additional work associated with comparing the two legal systems all the time, If employees residing in Poland works from Poland for the foreign employer, I usually advise to simply subject the employment relationship to the Polish law. It's just easier to deal with just one legal system than two at the time. Emilia, I knew you were going to talk about the Rome Convention, (laughs) so I was not surprised to hear that. We would have a very similar reasoning compared to what you just said from a French perspective. And we would also advise in a similar situation, the other way around, of course, if I were sitting in your place, to pick up French law for the various reasons you indicated, even though sometimes the reasoning may vary. But I'm pretty sure that a lot of people in our audience today will be familiar with those concepts. So that was quite interesting. Now, as a kind of conclusion, if you will, Emilia, and that will be my last question to you today, would you like to share with us any other items, comments, aspects that a foreign employer should bear in mind before hiring any staff in Poland? Yes, there are few things that I think it's worth knowing before employing any employer in Poland. So the first thing that could be important for the foreign employer is to know that once the employment contract with Polish employee is concluded, the foreign employer should establish whether the employee wants to participate in employee capital plans. This employee capital plans, they are the new private system of long-term retirement savings based on the contributions that are paid partially by the employees, partially by the employers, and partially by the state. And participation in this employee capital plans is obligatory for the employers 
unless the employee opts out. So if the employee does not declare that he or she resigns from the participation in employee capital plans, then the employer is obliged to conclude the contract with the selected financial institution who will run this capital plans for the employer. But alternatively, the employer who is already a party to the agreement under which the employee takes over payment of social security contributions, as discussed before, this employer can also conclude similar agreement with the employee under which the employer's obligation in relation to the employee capital plans will be performed on employer's behalf by the employee himself. So in the same manner as for social security contributions. But again, this option is only open for the employers from EU countries. Also, I think it is important to know that under Polish law, the documents in the field of the labor law should be drawn up in Polish. There are some exceptions, but the general rule is that employment documentation relating to Polish employee should be in Polish. Of course, these documents may be simultaneously prepared in foreign language version. And this is our usual practice that we prepare all of the labor law documentation in bilingual version, Polish and usually English or some other language chosen by the party. And I think the last thing that is important to mention is that before Polish employee starts to work, the foreign employer should arrange the health and safety training for him and medical examination. However, there are many companies in Poland that provide this kind of services, so it should not be problematic, but it is important to remember to arrange that before the employee starts to work. So three takeaways, three items to remember, capital plan, language issue, Polish, of course, and uh, health and safety training and medical examination. Thank you very much, Emilia. That was pretty clear. And I'm sure that the audience today will have found this quite useful, especially for people wanting to have business at a business in Poland. Thank you for joining us today on the program. Thank you, Philip. It was a pleasure talking to you today. If you would like to connect with Emilia or any of our lawyers around the world, please search for them on the ELA website at ela.law, that's L-A-W, of course, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content, or access the ELA's exclusive global employer handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Philippe Durand, and thank you for listening today.